Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Welcome South Coast Christian. What a wonderful time. What a powerful uh, worship uh, time that we just had. And we, want, we just want to welcome you to our online service here at 10 a.m. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, as we get started, I just wanted to thank everyone who continues to give faithfully and support South Coast Christian. We just want to say a big thank you. Uh, even during this quarantine time, uh, this coronavirus, you guys are continuing to support the church. And I want to just, it's just a blessing uh, to us. And I want to give you, um, if, if you're new to us or if you're uh, trying to figure out how to give to the church, there's multiple ways. You can do it through our website. You can also do it through our church app. Or you can actually send it in uh, uh, snail, snail mail. And you can actually send it into our church there at South Coast Christians on our website, our address. But I just want to say once again, thank you for your support. It allows us to do all this right now, what we're doing, to be able to continue ministry, to be able to reach uh, people with the, the love of Jesus, and we just want to say a big thank you. I also want to just uh, remind you that we have launched our Saturday night service, drive-in service at 7.30 p.m., and so we encourage you to uh, come on out and enjoy one of our uh, Saturday night services. We had our first one last night, and it was a great success, and we look forward to having uh, many more of those. Not too many more. Not too many more. We want to actually get back into our uh, facilities. In fact, let me just share before I get into my message, just a, for a moment. Uh, we have plans on getting back into the church. Uh, we as a staff have been planning on how we can do that and keep social distancing. And, and so we've been marking out different ways of doing that, every other row seating. And until this uh, coronavirus uh, gets lifted, uh, we got plans to be able to get back into the church here. And, and we're praying, and you guys can pray with us. Uh, we're praying that that's going to happen soon. So let's believe in faith that uh, we can get back together here in the next uh, two or three, four weeks and be together as a congregation. Um, if you're new with us today, if a guest with us today, we want to say welcome. And uh, we encourage you, uh, they're right there in the chat box, just to log in and, and uh, say hi. And our, our host from South Coast would love to welcome you as well. And we just want to say thank you for joining us today. We're in a series called Flip This House. Uh, it's been a series that we've been into for about four weeks. If you've missed the messages, you can find uh, the, the previous messages on our website. But it's all about remodeling, you know, at times right now during the coronavirus quarantine, a lot of people are doing remodeling uh, things in their home. And, and we talked about it as a staff. Hey, how about us remodeling our house, meaning our physical bodies, our spiritual beings? How could we remodel uh, our place to create a better environment, to create a greater environment, so that Jesus can be more and more welcomed into this place? Um, we're all about, if you haven't visited South Coast Christian uh, recently, we're all about environments. How do we create environments of faith and grace? And, and, but you know what? It's about remodeling our lives. It's about remodeling this vessel here to be more receptive to the things of God. Remember, we are God's creation, and he desires to have relationship with us. He wants an authentic and real relationship with his people. The Bible states in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit dwells in you? 
That's that remodeling pro- process that we want to take place in our lives. That, because the spirit of the very living God lives in us. And we want to have our life to be a great example, a place where Christ comes into our life. When we invite Jesus into our lives, our lives become home to God's presence. Think of the most uh, famous or most powerful person that, that you look up to or that, that, you, that you think you know, highly of. And then catch this thought. What would happen if all of a sudden you got a phone call and that person said, Hey, I want to come over to your home tomorrow. I would guarantee you that you would be doing everything possible. You'd be picking up your dirty underwear. You'd be making sure that the kitchen was clean. There was no dirty dishes. The bathroom was clean. You would groom the front yard. There'd be all these things that you would do because you would want that person, that person that you look up to, that famous person that's coming to your home, you would want them to have a great experience. You would want them to walk into an environment when they walk in that they, that they know that they feel welcome. You want to make a good impression. You want that person to be feel comfortable in your home. The cool thing about Jesus, when you invite Jesus into your home, when you invite Jesus into your life, guess what? He brings his own cleaning crew into your life. He doesn't really care about what your house looks like right now. All he cares is that you invite him, invite him in and his presence, when, you release, that when his presence is released into your life, guess what takes place? He starts cleaning up your life. If you allow him to do so, it's his presence. We just have to allow him to make that step of helping us change our lives. Last week I shared about the idea of remodeling our kitchen, which the kitchen really represents the idea of spiritual nourishment, learning how to feed ourselves again. And we talked about the Word of God and how when we pour the Word of God into our lives, it changes us. Remember the words that David writes in Psalms 119-103. He says, How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. That was last week, remodeling the kitchen. And this week, we want to remodel another room. It's one of the rooms that many times is remodeled in a home, and that is the bathroom. We're going to focus on that area of our lives. A bathroom is an important area in the house. It's usually the first place we go to get ready for the day. It's a, it's a place where we get prepared. It's a place of preparation. Fun fact, if you haven't ever thought about this, but, you know, if, you, if the average person lives to be 80 years old, and, and if you spend like an hour a day in the bathroom, you know, getting your hair ready, getting showered, uh, putting on the makeup, uh, shaving, all the different things, and whatever it takes place. But if you spend an hour a day in the, in the bathroom, guess what? By the time you be, reach 80 years old, you've been spent three and a half years in the bathroom. That's a lot of preparation. Spiritually, let's say that the bathroom represents a place where we go and we prepare for our day spiritually. So what does spiritual preparation look like? In regards to preparation, do you know that the Bible says that we need to learn lessons from ants? I'm not talking about Aunt Mary. I'm not talking about Aunt Elizabeth. I'm talking about the insect the insect, an ant, you might have never heard this scripture, but listen to this scripture that's found in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. It says, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. I love the Bible. Learn from their ways and become wise. 
Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. Every person needs a level of diligence or discipline in their life. The scripture is comparing ants to a lazy person, that an ant has more of a plan than a lazy person does because that ant has prepared because during the summertime, it's getting prepared for the wintertime. Guess what? Spiritually, we need to have preparation in our life as well. We need to prepare for the future. This is a great business lesson. This is a great life lesson. If you want to be successful in life, if you want to be successful in business, then guess what? You can't be lazy because if you're lazy, it eventually will catch up to you. Because if you get behind the curve, the curve of life or the curve of business or the curve spiritually, guess what? You'll find other things passing you up. You'll find other businesses passing you up. You'll find people passing you up because you've become lazy and stagnant and you haven't continued to pour into your life. You haven't been prepared for the future. Success happens when we are diligent and prepare for the future. Spiritually, your soul is your home for God's presence. We've talked about that. Where that God wants his presence living in you. And when you invite Christ into your life, the very spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, dwells into your life. But if we become lazy or idle and allow sin to keep creeping into our lives and distract us, that's what sin does, it distracts us from our relationship with God. If we allow that to continue to take place, guess what will eventually take place? Eventually, you will lose out on the greatest gift that you've ever received, and that is your relationship with Jesus. Your relationship, and catch this thought. I need you to catch this. I'm going to throw it out to you today. Your relationship with God is your responsibility, no one else's. And remember this truth. It's God who determines your destiny. So that relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father is the most important thing that we have in our life. In life, it's easy to become careless and lazy. But if we really understood that eternity weighs in the balance, then laziness and carelessness would not be an option in our life. To accomplish anything great, perseverance and preparation is needed. There's an amazing story about a man named Jack Canfield who was a creator of a book series called Chicken Soup for the Soul. He's a motivational speaker and a professional coach. And, and he tried to get his book published. And he sent his, his book out, uh, you know, he sent out the copies of his book to 130 different publishers. And he was rejected by every publisher. Talk about experience rejection. 130 times. But he didn't give up. He was determined. And so he continued to send out those copies of his book. And finally, a publisher in Florida, a small publisher in Florida, agreed to publish his book. And today, there's over 500 million copies that have been sold worldwide. It's because he was diligent. He was prepared. He was prepared for the journey. Did you know that? The first edition of the Oxford English Dictionary was projected to take 10 years to publish. It started in 1879, and they started to write, and they started to get ready to publish the Oxford English Dictionary. And as they started into the process, it became a monumental task. Words kept on coming in. People kept on submitting more and more words. And all of a sudden, it became a 10-volume edition that they did not finish until 1928. 
It took 50 years for that. In fact, when, the, when it was finally published, it was already out, out of date, and they had to immediately begin the second edition. But it talks about diligence. It talks about preparation, what it takes to accomplish something, a big task. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus shares two parables about preparation. And I encourage you sometime today, after you listen to this broadcast, just take time and sit down in a quiet place and read Matthew chapter 25. Majority of this is the words of Jesus. But both stories really focus on preparation and diligence. And for the sake of time today, I'm only going to read the very first story. It's the parable of the ten bridesmaids. And let me read that story to you. It's found in Matthew 25, and we're going to read from verses 1 through 13. These are Jesus' words. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by a shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all, the, for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Every day that we wake up, we must be prepared and we must be ready for Jesus. Now, if we're living... If, if we are living for Jesus, this story shouldn't produce fear in our lives. This story shouldn't produce any anxiety in our lives. If we're prepared for Jesus. In fact, it should do the exact opposite. When we read the story, we should get excited about Jesus' return. Because guess what? We know that all of a sudden opens the door for eternity. The only scary part of this story is for those who are not prepared. They haven't been diligent to prepare their lives for Christ's return. One day we will all meet Jesus, guaranteed. He will either be our Savior or he will be our judge. As Christians, we must be prepared. If we don't experience the Lord's return in our lifetime, then guess what? We will experience physical death. But death for a Christian, death for a believer, is the door to eternity. So it's not a scary thing. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes these words. He says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So every day, we need to take time in our lives. Just like when you wake up in the morning, you go into the bathroom, and you get ready for your day. You comb your hair, you shave, you do all those things, brush your teeth, please floss, make sure you floss. And you do all those things, you prepare for your day. Guess what? We need to take preparation for our day for Jesus each and every day. Because we don't know. What each day brings. In fact, James, in James chapter 4, verse 14, he writes these words. 
How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? We don't necessarily know. I know a lot of people that, man, tomorrow brings a whole different set of plans. How many of us had any idea about this coronavirus and what the next day was going to look like? We don't know. So James writes, how do you know what your life will look like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. Our life, our physical life on this earth is just like a vapor. We're here for a while. We don't know when that end might come, but we must be prepared. We must be ready for Jesus. For an unbeliever, this, this verse might bring fear and depression. But for a prepared believer, this verse brings awareness for our future. That life on this earth is only a mist. Eternity is our end game. This doesn't mean that death is easy. I'm not trying to say that. It doesn't mean that we don't mourn the loss of life. But it means that we have a hope that is beyond this life. And we have a hope in Jesus Christ. And we have a hope in heaven. We have a hope for eternity. Let me give you some thoughts about this parable of the ten bridesmaids. That I just want to share with you today that I hope will bless you and hope will help you today. The first thing that I, I see in this story that's just really obvious and I want to make sure that you see it as well. Is that Jesus' return will bring mixed emotions. Jesus compares his return to that of a wedding. Now let's remember that the church is considered the bride of Christ. And Christ is considered to be the bridegroom. He's the groom and we are the bride of Christ. And Jesus is sharing that there will be a day where he will come for his bride. That's you and me. He is coming for us. And if we are ready, if we are prepared, that will be a day of celebration. That's going to be an exciting day. Just like a wedding is exciting, and afterwards you have dinner together, and there's dancing, and there's excitement about the whole idea of a wedding, because there's a really cool thing that takes place where lives come together. Guess what? There is a day where all of a sudden we are going to be present physically with Jesus, and that is going to be a celebration. But if you notice in this story, there are two different characters present. There are five prepared bridesmaids, and then there are five foolish bridesmaids. The five prepared bridesmaids came with extra olive oil for their journey. But the five foolish bridesmaids did not come prepared. They did not have enough oil to make the journey with the bridegroom. It's interesting to read this story because it reveals a little bit what judgment day is going to look like. For those who are prepared, judgment day will be a time of celebration. We've talked about that. Like a wedding that is full of excitement and happiness. They have been invited by the groom to live with him for eternity. But for the foolish bridesmaids who were unprepared, who didn't plan to have enough oil for the trip, it becomes a day of judgment and not a day of celebration. It's a time of really being left behind forgotten. In fact, look at the following parable in Matthew chapter 25. So we talked about the ten bridesmaids. The next parable in Matthew 25 that Jesus talks about is about the three servants. And listen to what he says about the, three, the two servants that were prepared. He says, when they enter into the kingdom, they will, the king will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's celebrate together. You've accomplished it. 
You've accomplished what you've been preparing for all of your life. And there is going to be a celebration. It's going to be party time. But for the unprepared servant who is, re- who is referred to as lazy and wicked, it's a time of judgment. And the words for the unprepared are harsh. Listen to these words. Jesus says, now throw, these, now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now let me share something with you today. As a pastor, there is no way for me to sugarcoat this passage of Scripture. It stands on its own without apology. There is a day where we will all have to give an account. There is. And if I would, I would be uh, amiss not to share that with you as a pastor. I have to give you this information. It's important. It would be horrible for me to, to have you miss out on that day of celebration. So today I'm sharing, hey, let's get prepared for that day. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. Let's be diligent. The second important truth that I see in this parable is this. Jesus, is re- Jesus returns for those who are faithful. Notice when Jesus returned, and this is really important to catch. Notice that when Jesus returned, both the prepared bridesmaids and the unprepared bri- bridesmaids were asleep. So catch this thought. Being prepared doesn't mean that you can't rest. It just means that you need to be prepared. You need to be ready. In fact, Jesus said in the parable, there was a shout, and both the prepared and the unprepared knew that Jesus was coming. They knew it. So the return of Jesus shouldn't take the prepared by surprise because you're prepared. You're ready for it. You've been planning for this day. But for the unprepared, the apostle Paul writes, it will feel like a thief in the night. They'll be unprepared. It'll be of great surprise. This parable reveals some interesting truths. All ten bridesmaids were waiting for the bridegroom, but only half were prepared. This part of the story should be a wake-up call for all of us. It should be a wake-up call for me. It should be a wake-up call for you. It's the difference between true believers who have a personal relationship with Jesus and those who only have a relationship with the church or they only have a relationship with other people, but they have never made a relationship with Jesus. See, preparation is not living on the faith of my father or on the faith of, 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 of the pastor or on the faith of my spouse or on the faith of anyone else. See, it is so important in your life that if you want to be prepared, you have to have your own faith, not someone else's faith. In the Bible, oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit. And in this story, the foolish virgins had little oil. In fact, when they returned, they had a lantern. So they looked the part. They looked like a bridesmaid. They had the lantern. They had all that. So their appearance looked good. On the outside, it looked good. But on the inside, the lamp was empty. As a Christian, as a believer, as someone who has a desire to follow Christ, you can't just follow Christ through someone else. At some point in your life, you have to have a relationship with Jesus in your own life. You have to have faith in Jesus in your life. The presence of God in this story was not found in the foolish bridesmaids. They were not prepared for the day of the bridegroom and his return. 
And it should remind us that our relationship with Christ is our responsibility. You can't rely on others. You can't borrow someone else's faith. Just like the foolish bridesmaids couldn't borrow oil from the bridesmaids who were prepared. You can't borrow someone else's faith. Your relationship with Jesus stands on its own. The parable ends sadly with these words. It says, when the five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. For me today, this is a thought you need to catch. You need to be known by Jesus. You need to be known by Jesus. How do we get to know, be known by Jesus? I'm going to step into this and we're going to talk about that right here. Because we got to get prepared. Just like you get prepared every morning in the bathroom. Boy, as Christ followers, let's be prepared. Here are some thoughts. And these are, are conclusive. These are just my thoughts that I want to share with you today about how, be, how we can be prepared. First thing is repentance. Choose to surrender your life to Jesus. Make Jesus the center of your life. That is so important. And you know what? Repentance is a good thing to continue to practice in your life. It's not that you lose salvation, but we need to continue to repent. Because remember what repentance means. Repentance means that you're turning away from sin and you're turning towards Christ. That sometimes is a daily activity in our lives. We have to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. So, so there's times in our lives where sin tries to creep in, and you have to repent of that and say, Lord, forgive me of those sins. I am turning towards you and following you. So that's the first step in being prepared as a follower, as a believer of Jesus. Another step is worship. Worship. There's some powerful words there. I, I, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of the Samaritan woman who's at the well. And Jesus goes out of his way because he knows he has to make a connection with this woman at the well. And I would declare to you today, as you sit in your living room or as you sit in your kitchen or bedroom, wherever you might be watching this message, Jesus is going out of his way to meet you. He desires a relationship with you. But in that story, when Jesus was asking for a cup of water from this Samaritan woman, one of the things that he shares with her, because she was kind of mixed up on the whole idea of worship, and he says, there's a day where you're going to worship in spirit and in truth. What does that mean, Pastor Tom, worship in spirit and truth? It means that our spirit, something deep inside of us, it's not just singing words, it's not just whatever, we can worship in many different ways, but something inside of us, our spirit connects with the spirit of Christ, and there's a worship time in our life. And then it goes beyond just that worship of our spirit, but all of a sudden the power of His Holy Spirit reveals truth into our life. And all of a sudden we start finding ourselves worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. It's an eternal awakening to God's presence and His righteousness. It's what must take place in our lives if we want to be prepared and ready for Jesus. We also worship by knowing His Word. He's given us, his Bi his, he's given us the Bible, His Word. Take time to memorize His Word. Take time to read His Word. Take time to study His Word. You're studying the Word of God. And guess what? That, that goes into your life, and it will change you. It will prepare you. 
Another item I just put down is sacrifice. We must learn to sacrifice. One of the greatest things that you can sacrifice is the ungodly pleasures of this world for righteousness. When we do that, when we continue to do that in our lives, we are preparing ourselves for eternity. I always think about this with the rich young ruler when Jesus came to him and, and the rich young ruler says, how can I enter into the kingdom of God? And then Jesus shares with them just for him because he knew that this was a stronghold in the rich young ruler's life. He says, go sell all of your possessions, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. And the story says that the rich young ruler walked away sad because he couldn't make that sacrifice in his life. There's times in your life that Jesus is going to ask for a sacrifice. He's going to ask for something that he's going to want you to give up so that you can have more time with him. When we make that sacrifice, we're preparing our lives, our soul, to meet Jesus. The last thing I want to share with you is serve. Serve. Jesus called us to let our light shine. To let your light shine, you got to learn how to serve. We must make Jesus known. It's not that we can force people to follow Jesus. That's not our goal. Our goal is just to display Jesus in our lives so people can make a decision if they want to follow after Jesus. Our lives should be a reflection of His glory. So in Matthew 25, which is the passage of Scripture that we've been talking about today, there's the parable that ten bridesmaids there's also the parable of the three servants and then right below that at the end of Matthew chapter 25 there's a story about the king and it's about the end times it's about the king welcoming his servants into the kingdom and I want to read just this passage of scripture to you verses 35 through 40 because I think it's so powerful for all of us today listen to these words that the king says for I was hungry and you fed me I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was, I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show hospitality to you? Or naked and, and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it unto me. We prepare our lives for Jesus' return by choosing to be a servant of his. There's no... there's. That is one of the greatest ways that you can prepare your life is by submitting your life to Him and says, Lord, show me what to do. Lead me by the power of your Holy Spirit. Make me more like you. So as we are on this journey of remodeling our homes, this, this physical body that houses the presence of God, let's make sure that we have room where we're preparing our relationship for Jesus because there's going to be a day where you're going to be invited into a great wedding, a great feast, a great celebration where you're going to spend all of eternity with the one you love and his name is Jesus Christ. Let's prepare for our future, future today. Amen. Pastor Tom loves you here at this church. We have a loving congregation here at South Coast Christian but the most important thing in your life is that God loves you. 
today as I was thinking about this message, I really felt in my spirit that I wanted just to pray just a blessing of peace over our lives. If you've been watching any of the news, and I hope you're not watching too much because it becomes too negative on many people. And there's suicides are going up. There's a lot of things that are going out. People are, man, the hotlines are going like crazy right now. It's because we've been quarantined. We're locked up a lot. And I just felt today I needed to pray a prayer of peace over your life. I need to remind you that Jesus loves you, that he cares for you. And that he, he, that he has a peace that passeth all understanding that he can give to you today. So as we conclude today, right there in your living room, I just want you to open up your hands and put your palms toward heaven. And I want you to receive a peace upon your life, a peace upon your family, a peace upon your house that you might not understand, but it's basically the presence of God giving you peace in your life today. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for every person that is present, every person that's watching right here, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, over marriages that maybe have been struggling, I pray peace in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, for relationships that are, that, are getting, that are getting broken, I pray peace in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, for those who are worrying because they've lost their job and they don't know what they're going to, I pray peace in Jesus' name. For those who have been diagnosed with sickness, they don't know what to do. How do I go to the hospital? How do I go to the doctor? I pray peace in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that peace will come down and your presence will fill that home, that your presence will fill that vessel, Lord God. They will not worry. They will not be in fear. But, God, we know that we serve a God that can do the impossible. We serve an almighty God, that is you, that can that can solve any situation, that, Lord God, can create peace in the middle of anxiety. You can do it. And, Lord, we ask for that blessing, Lord God, on the people watching right now. I ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being a part of South Coast Christian. We love you today. You have a blessed, blessed week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.